With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today on Sticks Football, Connor and I are hanging out at Radio Row in beautiful Miami Beach, Florida. It is a lot hotter than I expected. It's nice, man. I ran out of the Northeast to get back down here. You might not go home. Back home for two days. I know you didn't get to go home. No. And then ran back down here. And we're excited to be here at Radio Row because, obviously, Matt, we're going to have a busy week. Very busy week. We're going to have a lot of interviews. And we apologize for the show schedule being a little funky this week. But uh, you'll get your mock draft today that you expected on Monday. You get it on Tuesday or Wednesday morning whenever you're listening to this. But a lot of great interviews. And then our event Saturday, February 1st at 1 p.m. here in Miami uh, with special guest Kenny. Of a car, going to stop by. That's we awesome. used to talk to him about how hard it is to tackle Derrick Henry uh, if Texas is back. A secret about Kenny, he will text me like breakdowns on players. Like his goal is to have my job when he retires from the NFL. And so we, we might have to throw some blows. You're giving him the platform Saturday right. to come right. do so it. It's an yeah. audition, just yeah. an audition for the job. So if you are in the Miami area or if you just want to drive over from wherever you are, we're going to be yep. at 1111 Lincoln Road. That is the Bleacher Report venue. There's a lot of stuff going on there this week. And our show will be at 1 o'clock from 1 to 2 on Saturday. Mello will be in town with us. Kenny Vaccaro will be joining us. They had yeah. a great season too. So it's a really good time to have Kenny on the show. I think. and yeah. But before we even get to Saturday, there's going to be a lot going on here. Tons of different players, including draft prospects, are going to stop by and talk to me and Matt. So basically the next month, I think you guys are going to have at least one interview almost every single show. Yeah, and some of them are going to be from from here. So if we ask some, some dated questions, uh, you'll understand why. Uh, and then I, we should throw out there, Saturday night, we're actually going to be... That's right. It's crazy. Uh, we're going to be going to Fort Lauderdale, downtown Fort Lauderdale. Some of our friends from Kansas City have somehow procured 25 different bars they're shutting down three city blocks and we are co-hosting it alongside guys like Donta Hall, Tom Bahali, Whit Merrifield, so some Casey Legends, and then us. We're going to yeah, be, we'll there. be there. So <laughs> I know that there's a $100 like VIP thing if you want it, but otherwise it's free. You can just come in, hang out. Um, the $100 I think gets you like free drinks and free food. You don't have to pay that. Just come hang out. We will be there. Uh, we'll have more details to post on Twitter. But let's get into this mock draft, man, because, because today... Not just one round. We're going to do two rounds. Surprise. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, no, we felt bad that we uh, didn't do the show that came out Monday morning. So this is our uh, our makeup to you guys. So let's jump into it. And a lot of these picks, it's just routine for us. So it, it's a little bit more fun to sure. stretch our legs and get into two rounds. But it starts here. Cincinnati Bengals, number one overall. I don't see any way they're trading out of this pick. I don't see any way they're drafting anyone other than this guy, Joe Burrow. And something that I've noticed as we, we're past Senior Bowl now, doing a lot of the evaluation of this class, is that when you look at, at the quarterback position especially, there's Joe Burrow, and then for me there's everyone else because there are questions about health with Tua. There's questions on the field with Justin Herbert, questions on the field with Jordan Love, whoever you want to put in there, Jake Fromm, yeah. Jacob Eason. I have questions about all those guys. With Joe Burrow, it's just like, 
can he keep up at this rate that we saw this past year? And I've even gotten some messages on Instagram from some Bengals fans, and they're sitting there and they're going, hey, you know, what is the package like if we even think about trading out of this pick? And I'm like, you don't have to think about it because from everything we've gathered, they're set on Joe Burrow. They're comfortable with making him the future face of the franchise there. So I think when you look at it for Cincinnati, Matt, that's a really, really easy pick. And I'm going to jump right into number two here, which I think is also an easy pick because this guy's still my number one player on my big board, and that's Chase Young for the Washington Redskins. I think when you look at Chase, I've seen some questions risen up about, well, why wasn't he productive against Michigan and Clemson? And I'm like, well, go watch the tape because, sure, the sacks might not be in the box score, but when you look at what Chase did, creating pressure, drawing double teams, he did a lot of things that don't show up in the box score. So I think for Washington, you traded up and you got Montez Sweat last year, right? There's a foundation on that defensive line of really, really good players, a lot of them from the SEC. And, And I think when you look at adding Chase, it's almost like adding that last piece in a very long puzzle. I know there's been some dysfunction with Washington over the years, but I actually think Ron Rivera is walking into a situation where this football team is going to have an identity very soon, and a lot of that identity will evolve around a future double-digit sack player in Chase Young. I mean, you can look at a team that we're down here in Miami to, to evaluate in San Francisco. They have five first-rounders along that defensive line. Uh, this is very similar to that because you would have four. Montez Sweat, uh, Deron Payne, uh, you would have John Allen. Now you add in Chase Young to go with it's Matt Ioannidis, who's really good yes. too. And you can start to build an identity there. Number three overall, we've said before, this is really where the draft starts. It will be interesting to see if Detroit trades out of this spot, depending on the health of Tua Tungavailoa, depending on the evaluation of Justin Herbert. We're not doing trades, at least not yet, in mock drafts. I'm going to give them Jeff Akuda. This is just easy. He's the next best player on the board. He is a shutdown corner. In a year without Chase Young, I think we would talk a lot more about Akuda because he is one of the best corners that I've had the pleasure of evaluating in the last 10 years. It's crazy. He doesn't even get hype on his own team because of Chase. Young because of Justin Fields and J.K. Dobbins. But, man, Jeff Okuda is incredibly special. The Lions need help in the secondary. This is an easy addition. I think so, too. I think when you look at Okuda, it's funny to me because he's somebody that we've just penciled him into the top five picks for so long, and we almost barely talk about him. I know the national media does not talk about him. And then five years from now, I believe he'll be a top five corner in the NFL. I I really do. It wouldn't shock me if he's a top three corner in the NFL. That's how good he is. It's almost the prototype when you look at the length, size, speed, physicality, the ability to play the ball in the air. So number four, this is the New York Giants now. Matt, this pick has to be an offensive tackle to me. I think it's non-negotiable at this point. I think when you look at how the board has fallen, the Giants are not taking a quarterback. You know, maybe a team... It's going to be interesting with the Giants to see if somebody moves up to this pick for a quarterback. Now, Dave Gettleman has never traded a first-round pick, so do they even consider that? If they don't, this pick is very simple for me. It's Jedrick Wills from Alabama. He's the best offensive tackle I've seen. I know for a while, for me, that was Andrew Thomas. I think Wills passed him this year. He's a little more athletic than Andrew Thomas. He just is, honestly, a little bit nastier of a player. They're both very good players, but I think for the Giants... This is the best possible option. You need to protect your young franchise quarterback that had some fumbling issues this year. One way to mitigate that is make sure he doesn't get hit. Yeah, and help Saquon Barkley, please. Of course. Help yes. Saquon Barkley. Yes. So I definitely think that's a smart pick. And Wills is my top tackle. I know there's been a lot of hype out there for other guys. Wills is my it's number one. probably going to change. Probably not going to change. Number five, the Miami Dolphins. We are in their hometown. Let's make people it's happy nice here. here. <laughs> it is nice here. Tua's going to love it when he's the pick at number five overall. It's warm. It's probably going to remind him of home back in Hawaii because it is, man. It's beautiful here, and he is the perfect fit for them. We talked all summer about tanking for Tua. Tank for Tua. They acquired a ton of draft picks just in case they needed to trade up for this player. Now they don't have to because of the hip injury, the questions surrounding him. 
and the way the draft order panned out. The Redskins don't need a quarterback. The Lions don't need a quarterback. The Giants don't need a quarterback. Perfect. Tua falls perfectly into their lap. Now, this could be a thing where on draft day you have to trade up to number three to make sure no one else jumps you, whether that's the Chargers, Panthers, whomever else. But in this spot, I think Tua makes the most sense. I think so, too. And number six for the Chargers, once again, this is the time of year for mock drafts where we're not really introducing players in the first round anymore. You've heard about these guys. You've heard of what we think about them. We're trying to predict what's going to happen. And if I'm doing that at number six for the Chargers, Matt, I think this pick is Justin Herbert. I I really do. Now, do the Chargers make some kind of power play for a free agent quarterback, or do they make a power play up to three to take a player like Tua? Those things remain to be seen. Are they comfortable with making Tyrod Taylor a bridge quarterback for you know somebody that they wait longer on? If I'm a betting man, I still think it's going to be Justin Herbert, especially if he's just sitting there in the sixth spot. There's also a really good place for him to go develop. It really is a good place for him to develop. Tyrod Taylor's probably going to be there for a year. We've heard Jay Glazer's report that they're moving on it's from over. Phillip Rivers. And we heard that at the Senior Bowl right. a lot, too. Heard it a lot there, too. So um, this is a team that needs a quarterback. Depending on how you feel about Tyrod Taylor or a guy like Teddy Bridgewater in free agency, there's some dominoes left to Tom fall. Brady. That one makes the most... Okay, I get asked that a lot. I can't see Tom playing behind that offensive line. It's a weird fit. And, like, I mean, they From have some personnel talent. standpoint. It's a really weird fit. And I think a lot of people just want him to, like, go back to California. They want the Chargers to sell tickets. Well, the league needs it more than right, Tom they, needs it. The league it. definitely needs it. They might need him in Vegas uh, as a Raider. At number seven overall, the Carolina Panthers, another team that has a decision to make it quarterback with Cam Newton. His contract kind of being a mess. He's been hurt the last year and a half. New owner, new head coach. We really don't know yet what direction they're going to go as far as quarterback goes. So I'm going to give them a huge upgrade on the offensive line instead. Last year we saw them make moves on the O-line to really secure or hopefully secure the future. They trade up and draft Greg Little. Well, this year, I'm going to give them a little bit more help on the offensive line with Mekhi Becton, who our friend Daniel Jeremiah, I think, shocked the draft world when he put this dude at four overall. And I was having a conversation with you today um, about Becton. Exactly what I told you was, I'll be honest, I didn't think he was going to declare, so I didn't watch him all season outside of like seeing him play other people. And then when he declared, it was basically Senior Bowl time. So it's like, I'm going to get to him after the Senior Bowl. Then DJ drops the bomb on everybody of, like, number four overall. And I spent Friday, Thursday and Friday in Mobile, I spent those talking to Duke Mannyweather, who is the best offensive line coach in the game. And he's working with Becton. So I spent a lot of time talking to Duke about, here were the concerns I saw on tape. You know, he doesn't come to balance well. Is he too big? Which can be a concern. So uh, I feel better about Becton now that I've had a chance to talk to Duke, now that I've had additional game tape sent to me that I was able to break down. So Becton at seven, two weeks ago I would have said, that's pretty rich. Like, I could see it, but that's pretty rich. Now we're in a position where it, it really feels like he's a lock in the top ten because of all the teams that need offensive tackles. And I think you make a great point about the Panthers. This is a team that does not have to take a quarterback this year. Those guys, Matt Rule has a gigantic contract. Mm-hmm. They don't need to rush into this. Uh, It doesn't seem like they've been super proactive about moving on from Cam Newton yet, where they're in a rush to do that. So maybe they see what he has left in the tank. That's, you know, very up in the air. They could go so many directions because they could take Isaiah Simmons. You know, Luke Keekley retires. They could go yeah. They could go corner here with C.J. Henderson. I mean, they could go a million different directions. I would argue they're one of the bigger X factors in the top ten. Number eight, the Cardinals. I think this is another team that can go in a lot of different directions. But I'm going to go with Jerry Judy here for them. Larry Fitzgerald is obviously getting up there in age. This might be his last season. 
you know, David Johnson was their best skill player, and he just has not been healthy, Matt. That contract is not looking good. They need somebody explosive with the football now. I do think they have talent there. But Judy is kind of, when they took Larry Fitzgerald, a lot of people looked at that pick and said, okay, this is going to be our identity at wide receiver probably 10 years if it works out really well. It did. Judy feels like the same thing to me again, where you take him and you go, we're probably going to have our number one wide receiver for the next 10 years. I think Cliff Kingsbury looks at him differently than a lot of these other teams in the top 10 and will value that. Yeah, he's not going to look at him and say, well, he's not very big. Yep. Say, okay, we'll look how fast he is. He'll be open for being nonstop. Right. I feel like with Judy, we've just over evaluated him because (laughs) it's two years. And it's, I, I mean, I remember talking about uh, Nick and Joey Bosa this way, where it's like, can the draft just get here? Because yep. we're looking for problems at this point. And yeah, I think we're there. Having Miles Garrett we're, that year. It absolutely did. I remember people saying that he had no production. And it's just like, come on. But I, you know what? I, I think I was telling this story in Mobile. People who used to get on me, because in the 2017 draft, there was Michael Thomas from Ohio State. And then there was Mike Thomas from, like, Southern Miss. Yeah, that went to the Rams. And, and people used to always be like, do you mean the good Mike Thomas, referring to the Southern Miss guy, or the bad Michael Thomas, referring to Ohio State? And I would just lose my shit. Well, they need to reveal themselves. Yeah, right? That I'm day. sure the tweets exist. Number nine overall, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another team that could Searching go a lot them. of directions. <laughs> Telvin Smith has walked away from football, might never come back. Uh, they could go almost any position, honestly. They could go receiver here. The only thing they probably shouldn't do is draft a running back in the top 10. Now, I have them taking Tristan Wirfs at offensive tackle. Tristan Wirfs is really unique because he's played right tackle at Iowa. He could play guard. I think he could be like a Zach Martin type guard, but he could also play left tackle. When you look at the Jags offensive line, Cam Robinson hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been great. So you could either move on from him or move him inside. Andrew Norwell's huge contract, but hasn't lived up to it. I see this offensive line. It's not terrible, but they need an infusion of talent, and Werfs can help just get your best five on the field. And he is such a good run blocker at the second level of the field. I think when you look at the Jacksonville offense this year, uh, he's kind of a plug-and-play fit that when the team goes up in offensive production and running the football, you're going to sit there and, well, how did that happen? Then you go back to the Wharfs pick and go, well, that's an instant impact kind of player. So number 10, the Cleveland Browns, they're another team that has to go offensive line in this spot. So this will be our fourth offensive tackle going in the top 10. <laughs> that's that's very impressive, and it's going to be Andrew Thomas, plug-and-play player for Cleveland. Listen, Baker Mayfield did not look very good this year. I think some of that was on the offensive line. He was drifting out of the pocket a lot, it felt like. So when you look at the Browns, they just need to really upgrade this unit as a whole. Thomas played left tackle at Georgia this year. I think he can actually, similarly to Werfs, he can play right tackle. He can play guard. This is adding a piece for the Browns. And you got to get these guys while you can because as the Jets are on the clock next, they learned that all four offensive tackles that are up on the board are gone. Exactly. I was going to say, it's four tackles in the top ten is the worst possible nose for the New York Jets, which makes me think this is a team that could be very active on draft day as far as trying to trade up, trying to acquire more picks because, or a higher pick, excuse me, because of this huge need at offensive tackle. Again, with no trades, we got to shake things up, do something different. I'm going Caleb on chase on And here. I like that a lot. They need an edge rusher. If you can't get an offensive tackle here, get an edge rusher. Try to build your line through, you know, second-round picks. Try to build it through free agency. What they didn't get, the previous regime, was allergic to drafting edge rushers, it seemed like. And then the one they drafted ended up being a turd in Jai Kai Polite. (laughs) So I think this way, you're going with a guy who he got to rock the 18 at LSU. That means you're a high-character player. It means that the people in the program believe in you, that the alumni believe in you. I think with Chase on, yes, you're getting a guy who didn't have a ton of production in college, but you're also getting someone who... 
teams ran away from. They schemed away from him. He ran against a lot of teams that were running option and RPO, and they played off of him. But also, I think the sky's the limit. He was a redshirt sophomore, and this is still a young player with a lot of room ahead of him to develop. And if you have questions about Chase on when you look at the production, go back to the film. This is somebody that absolutely dusted both Alex Leatherwood and Isaiah Wilson on Georgia. So when you look at that, those are two offensive tackles that are pretty good players, and he torched them, whether it was the spin move, whether it was an outside rush with Bend. I think Chase Hunt does a lot of things really nice, and that is getting away, you're right, Matt, from what the Jets usually do because the last regime did not draft one athletic edge guy. Polite did not test well. Right. You know, when you look at Jordan Jenkins, he's been a nice player, but he's more of an edge-setting, effort-sack kind of player. So they need to get more athletic at that spot. Chase Hunt's a really nice pick. 12, the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going with Isaiah Simmons here. This is probably the easiest pick off to make in round one. Because Can't believe he's still here. It's, you say that, and you go, well, yeah, it's shocking. But at the same time, we've seen very good off-ball linebackers fall this far yeah. over and over again. Now, Simmons can play safety. He can rush the passer. He can play weak side linebacker, inside linebacker. He can really do everything. But with the offensive line rush, the quarterback rush, Akuda has to be in the mix there. I think the Raiders, and Raiders fans will love hearing this, actually have a shot at getting Simmons at 12. I believe it because we have three quarterbacks going in the top 10 at four offensive tackles. That's great news for the for the Las Vegas Raiders if that happens. At number 13, the Indianapolis Colts. Just mentioned it. We saw three quarterbacks fly off the board. Well, I firmly, I would have told you two months ago, no, nah, I think they just stick with Brissett. Jacoby Brissett, like they'll roll with him next year. I don't know that they do. And it's even be if they do, they're going to have to plan for the future. I think Chris Ballard takes one look at Jordan Love's game film and his profile and says, hey, kind of reminds me of that kid they drafted in Kansas City. Now, I'm not saying they're the same, but their traits are very, very similar. And I think with Jordan Love, you just worry about the decision-making. Go to 2018, looked really good. Go to 2019, it looked really bad. So I feel like this guy who was pressing at times and had an okay senior bowl week. I think Justin Herbert really outshined him there. Yeah, but, he was fine. But a good week, a good week. So I, I do believe Jordan Love, when it's all said and done, is going to be a top 15 pick. And I think it makes sense. Like you said, Matt, even a poor man's Pat Mahomes is a really, really good player. Right. <laughs> and also, uh, Brissett's actually the kind of player that wouldn't, like, Philip Rivers this and be like, well, I'm not playing where you drafted my replacement. Right. He'll just, you know, so oh, I, I think Phil. when you look at it, the Colts can really do this. They can sit Love for the entire year if they need to. Then Brissett's contract's up and then love becomes the starter so Colts fans you're gonna have to be a little patient if that's the pick right but sometimes that works for the better all right moving on 14 to the Tampa Bay Bucks this will surprise people but this pick would not surprise me I have Jacob Eason here at 14 I think the Bucks will grade out guys like Herbert love they'll have them higher rated than Eason if they're going to sit and wait here, there's a good chance they don't get the chance to draft those guys. Right. I think Bruce Arians will look at Easton's skill set and go, hey, I can get that guy to really excel in my offense, throwing the football down the field and not turn the ball over 30 times like Jameis Winston did. Easton will have his turnover issues, but I think he has a higher ceiling right now than Jameis does going forward. Where And also kind of have this feeling, and correct me if you feel differently, Matt, I just think Bruce Arians feels comfortable with or without Jameis Winston in the future. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's make or break that he's back. Right. I don't either. And and I think with Arians, like you said, he's so scheme specific as far as what he wants. You need a downfield thrower. That you, you have to. It's like you're not even considering Jake Fromm here. You know, It's not a possible. The good it's news is, possible. and like Tua is not a good fit in this offense no. either. But Herbert, Love, and Eason are all three fits. So if one of those guys is on the board, I think it, it will be 
really, really interesting to see which route they go because they need help on defense as well. Number 15, the Denver Broncos. Maybe a surprise here, but CeeDee Lamb is still on the board, and that is a travesty. So I'm taking him and pair him with Cortland Sutton, pair him with Noah Fant, and now you have an offense that that Drew Locke, I almost called him Jordan Love, same guy, that Drew Locke can just really unload in, and they can keep this building. When you hire Pat Shermer, you know you want big plays. CeeDee's going to give you those. Shermer actually has done a really good job with young receivers, too. You look at what Darius Slayton did with the Giants. I I actually really like I know Shermer was not a popular head coach and he made a lot of bad decisions I like him as an offensive coordinator a lot for not only Drew Locke but for the skill talent that they'll have in there last pick before we take a quick break here of the first half of the first round the Atlanta Falcons you might not even realize it, but guess who's still on the board? And he's going to be playing next to Grady Jarrett. That's Derek Brown from Auburn. It's wild. Now, I'm not saying Derek Brown not going to the senior bowl tanked his stock or anything like that. But it's just that some of the buzz cools. I still think Derek Brown is probably a top seven player in this class. Yeah. But he's a defensive tackle where other positions are being prioritized. He'll be great for Atlanta. That is a dynamite duo up front on the defensive line. And really good value for Atlanta. But you can see him falling outside the top 15 if the board breaks this way. And that's why we do these. Because it is a picture of what could happen. Now, he could also go third overall. Sure. you know, And, and so that makes it tough because guys do fall. And, and you're going to look back at this in April and be like, well, that one team stops the fall. And it, it is. It makes you wonder how much farther a guy like a Derrick Brown, if the Lions don't take him or the Jags don't take him, yep. how far does he get? Perfect example. O.J. Howard, the Jets thought about it at six, thought about it long and hard. Yep. They didn't take him. They took Jamal Adams. He fell outside the top 15. It yep. happens a lot more than you'd expect. Yep, absolutely does. Let's take a break. We come back. The Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. Number 17 overall, Connor, the Dallas Cowboys are on the clock. This is a team that we so reshaped by free agency, I don't even know where to go. But I feel confident that Byron Jones won't be back. So we can look at corner here. C.J. Henderson is cemented as my number two corner in this class. He's feisty. He's not a physical tackler, but he's a physical cover man. I think he has the size, the speed, the instincts that we're looking for to be a true number one corner. And that's something Dallas, I don't even think Byron Jones was ever that. So Dallas has a big need here. Yeah, Jones is more of an athletic kind of player. So it's going to be interesting to see if he leaves in free agency, Matt. And also... At 17, even if Jones is back, you have to wonder if Dallas just loads up a corner as well with how this board is broken for no us. It's, it's not like Derek Brown is there. Maybe Javon Kinlaw would be somebody they consider here instead. Number 18, the Miami Dolphins are back on the clock. They already got their franchise quarterback in Tua Tonga-Vailoa. Now they go with A.J. Epinesa. You're seeing a theme with this mock draft. The rise of offensive tackles and quarterbacks is pushing very highly rated players down the board, especially on the defensive side of the ball. It's crazy, right? Miami needs an edge presence under Brian Flores. He knows that. Brian Flores is a really nice fit I on mean, that this Miami is like defense. Trey Flowers. Yes. Epinesa can be his Great Trey Flowers. Uh, Dietrich Wise. It, it fits the mold of guys we've seen the Patriots draft. And if Flores is going to run that same scheme, then go get those same type of players. Yeah, I feel really good about that pick at 18. Yeah, 19. The Raiders are on the clock again. This is the pick they got from the Chicago Bears. You gave them a linebacker at number 12 overall and Isaiah Simmons. We couldn't believe he was still available. I'm going to give them a speed receiver at 19, and I'm kind of surprised he's available. Henry Ruggs, the third from Alabama, he and his 4-2 speed are on the board <laughs> here. I that. was talking to some people last week from, from Exos, which is like the biggest training facility, yes. uh, pre-combine trainers, and they I don't believe Henry Ruggs is working with them, but it was funny because we were sitting in the stands in Mobile, and he was like, do you think he breaks the record? And I was like, man. It'll Maybe. be close. And what's, what we were laughing about is that we're even having this conversation. Yes. See, he could break the record. It's amazing. The record with an asterisk on it, because I, I still don't CJ, think that John he, Ross broke it's it. It's CJ2K's record. It absolutely is. Didn't they do the holograms and doesn't match? CJ wins. <laughs> 
It's so it's ridiculous. Like, come on. Rugs in this offense can stretch the field. He can give them what AB was supposed to be. Someone who will stretch the field, open things up for their really good tight end duo, open things up for Josh Jacobs. So field stretcher here who, I mean, he can be your Tyreek Hill type of offensive threat. If that duo happens for the Raiders on draft night, I will personally give their draft an A+. Plus like, already. I might be a Raiders. Isaiah no, I Simmons and Rugs. I don't need people well, jumping Ra- on if me. If Brady goes there, you'll be a Raiders Then I fan. can be. So My oldest brother's a Raiders fan, and sometimes I send him mock drafts and just like, Look what could happen. Yeah, like, look, look what could happen for your you. Your life can be really good in right? the Death Star in Vegas. Right. 20, Jacksonville, they're back on the clock again. We obviously helped out their offensive line in the top 10, but now we're going to go on the other side of the ball. Matt and I were talking before the show. This might seem like a rise for this player, but I have Patrick Queen here. It's and not a rise. I think he's so good when you look at that tape, right. especially at the end of the year. Telvin Smith's status, we don't know anything. And when you don't know anything, you don't expect anything. I don't think there's been contact between him and the team since he left, Not, which should tell you everything which, you need. Who knows, because it's Tom Coughlin was the problem and he's gone. Sure. But you do worry. I just, I love this player. Him and Miles Jack flying around. Yeah. Uh, now a big thing that matters here, Matt, is what is going to happen with Ngakwe on the edge. Are they going to be able to get a contract done with him? Are they going to trade him for more picks? But at the end of the day, I just look at this linebacker duo between Queen and Miles Jack, and that's speed, and it works in the NFL. So let's just get crazy. Let's, let's just, just fuck get shit nuts. Up, I love know? it. I, I love Patrick. Queen, and that's why everybody's like, oh, this player's a rise for you. And I believe I've told this story on the podcast before that when I was talking to people at LSU about who was coming out, they and they send you the long laundry list, and they were like, he got to go back to school grade. Why do you keep like, why do you keep asking about him? I was like, he's my like favorite player that you yeah. have outside of you know some of the guys uh, like Joe Burrow. And it, there was this weird back and forth to where they were like, you know, can you stop talking? <laughs> we don't up, want basically? this. Yeah, in and, his but, head. like I have to be honest and and tell you guys the players I like. And and when I when he declared, you know, I put out uh, my early grade on him before I really stacked players was top forty. Like I thought he was round one, but worst case scenario, early round two. And then, like you said, the more you watch, the more you just fall in love with his athleticism. He's he's a really good player. Number 21, the Philadelphia Eagles. This is such an obvious thing. It's Very just which receivers on the yep. board. That's who they're going to take. I'm going to give them Justin Jefferson here. Henry Ruggs would have been my my priority pick for them. But when you compare him, we don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on with J.J.R. Psycho Whiteside, why he can't get on the field Very in a bizarre. really bad receiver depth chart once some people got hurt. Justin Jefferson gives them youth, which they so desperately need. And he is one of the cleanest route runners that I've seen. And, I mean, he reminds me of Keenan Allen, but I, my ultimate comp for him was Devontae Adams. But the route running is just so, so clean. He's a great route runner. It fits their system. Alshon Jeffrey's contract is, you know, going to be a little bit of a problem, but yep. they know they have to add to that uh, that wide receiver group now. It's a team that's actively tried to trade for Robbie Anderson in the past. I think if we if we see them sign him, then you know it was a Howie move. If we see them not show interest at all, then it, it's very interesting to see. So the Eagles, wide receiver, that's an easy, easy match. It's like what Miles Sanders last year running back. Right. We knew they were going to take him for how long, and then when right. it happens, you're like, oh, no surprise Anticlimatic, there. Yeah. 22, same thing. Buffalo Bills. They need a big body wide receiver. This guy's the best on the board that I have in that group. That's T. Higgins from Clemson. They would be so happy if this happened. I know. I actually can see them getting aggressive in this draft. I wanted to ask Brandon Bean yes. last week a couple times. I want to just be, hey, like, what do you think of T. Higgins? Just yeah. like real, just put it out <laughs> One there. One-off question. Says. Yeah, I, out of nowhere. I think the Bills are a team that has to really consider they can, they're patient, as you've seen in their docu-series with the Cody Ford situation last yeah. year. They won't do anything stupid or crazy or emotional. 
But I think they'll be monitoring that board, Matt. And if there's a run earlier on wide receivers than they expect, the Bills might have to make a phone call at some point. Yeah, they might. And we've seen them do that before. Like Brandon said, you know, they've been aggressive. They've drafted very well. Number 23, the nemesis of all of us, basically. The New England Patriots, they could go a billion directions. This they, is terrifying. Honestly, though. they could draft any position, and we would be like, okay. Jake Fromm. Kind of get it. Wouldn't be surprised. You know what? I, I like Jared Stidham, but I wouldn't be surprised. So I have them doing the most Belichick thing ever and taking Javon Kinlaw. It's an easy one. Because like, I think he's going to look at Javon Kinlaw and have visions of Richard Seymour and what he can be to a defensive line. He could play five tech. He could play inside. He could do everything for he you. He could wreck the game. Could in a big way. And we know that Belichick values the trenches. Now, again, they could go every direction. Yeah. that's No it, idea what they're going to do. But if I was a betting man with Kinlaw all the way at 23 – that's the pick I would make as well. So for New England, that's a huge add. 24, the New Orleans Saints. I know we've talked about it a lot, and their fans have been vocal about it, that this team needs a number two wide receiver. I think they can. if they can't find that in free agency, you could find that later in this draft. I'm going to go corner here with Christian Fulton. And I know Fulton's film has been up and down for people at times. He played hurt this year. I think when you go back to Fulton's junior year film, when we got to see him against Georgia in person, but right. just overall... He's a great player. I like him more than Greedy Williams coming out, and and I just think for the Saints, getting that number two corner, and maybe they make another run for it again next year. Yeah, I I think the Saints are really hard to predict because, I mean, we've heard reports, uh, Jay Glazer said that they want Taysom Hill long-term now, not Teddy Bridgewater. And what is this offense going to look like if it's Taysom Hill, is it going to be like Baltimore where they just go all in on the run yeah. game? So this could be, I mean, who knows? This could be J.K. Dobbins here for all we know. So yeah. there are a lot of directions they could go, but corners the safe bet for sure. Number 25, the Minnesota Vikings, another team that it, this could be Jake from. They could start to think about quarterback of the future with Kirk Cousins only under contract for one more year. But I'm going to go with corner here because I, I do feel like they have to think there's a, an obvious window here of success with the talent we've seen them have. So Jeff Gladney from TCU, another player who might feel like a riser, but I'm just such a big fan of his. He, he's, I've said before, this year's Rocky Sin for me, a player that I just you fall in love with, and yep. then it's, a, it's so much fun to watch them rise throughout the process once everyone else gets around to watching the tape. So I'm a big Jeff Gladney guy. He's physical. He's tough. And I think he fits exactly what they need in Minnesota. Somehow Xavier Rhodes made the Pro Bowl, though. So The Pro Bowl is, right? is a lapper. Ooh. And I think for Gladney, he's going to run sub 4-4. That kind of speed with his cover ability, the NFL teams in the first round are just, they're going to be all over that, yep. especially after this corner run. So good timing for the Vikings. 26, the Miami Dolphins. This pick is from the Laramie Tunzel trade, and they're going to use it on a future offensive lineman. That's Josh Jones from Houston. Really, you know, great length from Josh Jones. I think he's had a really good start to this draft process as a whole. I think the more and more people dive into him, you're going to hear that early second round, that late first round, because now that Becton has risen all the way into the top 15, top 10, the Tier 2 guys, Tier 3 guys are going to bump up a little bit as well. So for Miami, they need help on this offensive line, especially if you're bringing a guy that is a little injury-prone in there into a tongue of Iloa. Yeah, yeah, you got to protect him. Jones is so athletic. Uh, we were up in our suite watching practices last week. I think it was Tuesday when I was like, Guys, he's Andre Dillard. Like, yeah, I mean, they might be the same player. Andre Dillard just went to a bigger school, so we knew a little bit more about him. Light feet coming into the process. Yep. Absolutely, number twenty-seven, the Seattle Seahawks. This is a hard team to pick for. I oh, wanted to go edge rusher here, but there were none on the board that I felt were a value. So I'm going to give them a player who can do a little bit of everything on the D-line. That's Marlon Davidson, who went to Mobile Tuesday, had one of the best practices <laughs> I've seen for seen. a defensive lineman since Aaron Donald was yeah. there, just wrecking the hopes and dreams of offensive linemen. The, the dude's legit. He's a round one player. He played as a five technique 
uh, for Auburn. He could play inside. He could do a little bit of everything. He has the squarest body I think I've ever seen, he, though. He does. He's just, like, straight down. And he had the biker shorts on. I liked it. I, it was a really good showing for Marlon Davidson. It was similar how Nathan Shepard came down for one practice where he fractured his hand. Beat everybody in front of him. Yep. And like, all right, Torched moving on to the NFL draft. So, right. yeah, great for Davidson. 28, the Baltimore Ravens. Very easy pick. You probably heard this pick since September or October now. Kenneth Murray at linebacker. Right. You know, they lost C.J. Mosley last year. This team has done a really nice job replacing players in the front seven. Mm-hmm. They're going to lose Matt Judon in free agency. I know they've Or asked, they're going to trade him. Oh, can they... They could uh, franchise they and could trade him. They could tag and trade him, which would be... D-Ford that thing. Very man. interesting to do. And yeah. Judon's had a really good year. But I also understand that Baltimore, they just can't pony up that kind of cash right. for him, especially a position they replace over and over again. Murray has great speed. He's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. I think he can go sideline to sideline for them. And also, I think he's really good as a blitzer. So you are getting some pass rush help there with Kenneth Murray. Yeah. So for the Ravens there, I don't know how they do it, but they always get these great players no matter where they pick in the draft. Mad Judon's sneaky old. He's 28 years old. That's what old. I was going to say. Because he, came in as 24. he was an older UDFA as a college free agent. Oh, man. Yeah. That sucks. Well, get one more contract, buddy. 29, the Tennessee Titans. Sometimes we have them taking a running back here. Not today. I'm going to address the D line. I think when you looked at where they fell short in the playoffs, it was their inability to stop people. Yes. And we'll see what happens with free agency. Ryan Tannehill's a free agent. Derek Henry's a free agent. We know all about that. Jack Conklin's a free agent. But I think they're going to have to bolster the D line. Ross Blacklock from TCU maybe hasn't received the hype that he should but his quickness is amazing the only question is there there's some injury history that has to be checked out but i can remember area scouts going through there in like october saying this is a second round player who if he continues to play the way he is probably a first round player he had a great year and he's a very good athlete at d-line and i was gonna say this is the first time he's made it into the first round on the stick to football mock draft so it's always fun when we introduce these players on the back end of round one all right, number 30, the Green Bay Packers. You know this team needs a wide receiver. I'm going with LaVisca Chenault. I think when you look at the things Chenault can do, he can win down the field vertically. He can return punts and kicks if you need him to. They've used him on jet sweeps. They've used him in the direct snap wildcat. Just get him the fucking football. Just get him the fucking football. <laughs> right? So for Green Bay, Devontae Adams, LaVisca Chenault, Aaron Rodgers. I don't know if Rogers. you can say that on Radio Row. People are, I feel uh, like people are looking We at don't us. fit in here. Nope. Um, so, <laughs> but we're not – we ain't fucking leaving. Right? So we're saying right. Green Bay, you get Chenault. I'm yeah. done. People on YouTube can see what's happening. They're going to have to pull Connor's dead cold fingers yeah. from this table to get I'm us to leave. Leaving. Right? Uh, somebody needs to do the Wolf of Wall Street gif right now. All right, 31, the Kansas City Chiefs. Not a prediction. This is just based on win-losses, <laughs> not a prediction. Don't get on me. Number 31, the Kansas City Chiefs, they have to go corner here. Uh, we've said it a million times. They only have two guys under contract next year, Rashad Fenton and Traverius Ward. That means got, they need a corner. Got to go corner. <laughs> A.J. Terrell gives them size. I know we got roughed up in the national championship game. I went back and watched He's that game player, this, man. this past weekend while I had a little downtime, he was owning everybody in the first quarter. Yes. Then they started going at him a little bit more. I still think he's a good player who just had a bad game. He should be a first-rounder. And also, if you're looking at who's beating him, it's yeah, Jamar Chase. The only who, person who beat him all year. You've called the next Julio Jones. Right. So put it on the level. If right. Julio Jones beats your favorite player in the NFL, you go, what's okay. fucking Julio right. Jones? Can't do anything about it. All right, 32, the 49ers who are apparently expected to win the Super Bowl here, uh, the way this mock draft is ordered. Xavier McKinney. We've had this pick a lot. I know some People are going to turn their heads and go, wow, McKinney over Delpit. I just think he's a safer pick right now. It pains me to say I loved Grant Delpit before this year, but the film overall, forget being bumpy, it's just bad a lot this year, Matt. Yeah, just uh, and he liked a tweet that I said I didn't have him in the first round, and he liked it. And I'm like, man, I'm sorry, but 
give a little more effort on the field and a little less effort on Twitter, and you might be in the first round. It's, so, I know. I know. It's not a great sign. And he doesn't fit what the Niners need no, anyway. I agree. And I think McKinney, once again, I know we run this thing into the ground, but he is plug-and-play for a team that doesn't have a lot of needs. Not many. No, so, and not many free agents to worry about ex- either. Exactly. So for the 49ers, the, the future is looking bright. I mean, like the Super Bowl curse always happens. Super Bowl loser is always a hangover. It wouldn't be crazy if these two teams are back here next I year. I wouldn't be shocked at all. I mean, the Chiefs can be the Patriots in the next 10 years, where it's like every other year or more, you're like, oh, right. fucking Chiefs are and back And the Niners it. might have the best head coach in football not named Bill Belichick. I would agree. And a good staff, which isn't getting poached yet. It's amazing. So no, you They're know, all together for another Daniel, year. Daniel, Salah, they're all staying. So for the Niners, even if you lose this weekend, put a smile on that face. Yeah, that'll be me next week. Yeah. Trying to, you know... Put a silver lining on it. All right, we'll take a break. We come back. Round two of the mock draft. We're finally going two rounds on this, baby. We'll be back right after this. We are back on Sticks Football. Round two for the first time all draft season. I'm writing a seven-round mock draft currently, and I'm about six rounds in, and I got mad at it and deleted the whole thing. (laughs) The whole thing. The whole thing. This morning, I was like, you know what? I don't like it anymore. Erased it. I was having some fun with Twitter saying I found the espresso machine and I was going to do a seven-round mock draft. I was lying. <laughs> Don't do it. I was getting ready for our two-rounder, which is very different on a podcast. It is. Because me and Matt do it together. There's a lot of back and forth, a lot of explanations. Yeah, and you'll make picks that I wouldn't have, it, things like that. Totally. So, so let's the, get right into it. The one that comes out Monday will be a lot different than this. The Bengals at 33. I think they need another wide receiver. A.J. Green's a free agent. We don't know if he'll be back. Brandon Ayuk is my guy. Pair him with Tyler Boyd. Ayuk's speed, his playmaking ability in the open field. I wouldn't be shocked if he's a first rounder by late April. This opinion might change. I think the hype for Ayuk has gotten a little out of control. I think so too. Because we got to Mobile and everyone was saying, because this is before he was medically not cleared to practice, like, oh, he's going to be a top 25 player by the end of the week. He doesn't practice so that hurts. I think with Mobile, I've been doing this long enough to I've even guilty of this at times too. There's a bias to guys you see. Of course. And I was I was talking to Big Country about this after y'all left town that a lot of times you see a guy and you fall in love with them and then you remember that there are six or seven juniors better than them at their positions. And so it's like once you stack in Judy, Lamb, Rugg, Chenault, Higgins, and Jefferson Ayuk's the seventh receiver at yeah. best, and it's hard to go top 25 that way. 34, the Colts. Man, must be nice to have this pick after trading with Washington last year. This is a great spot for the Colts, and they get a player that I have in round one, and that's Yitor Grossmatos. So they've taken some swings at edge over the years. Yeah. I don't think a lot of them have worked out. Keep on swinging, baby. If you're the Colts, you need a pass rush up front. They signed Justin Houston last year. Well, you know, Ture has been hurt a lot. So, once again, this is a team that needs a pass rush for the future. And Gross Matos is an ascending player, a younger player. You're actually going to hear from him on this show pretty soon oh, yeah. because we're going to sit down and have a talk with him. So, we're excited for that. And for the Colts, this is just really good value. Good. He tell me how to say his name finally. Yeah. I want it's to get, to the, get to the bottom of this. Yep. I've heard it too many ways. Number 35, the Detroit Lions. We had them going corner at three overall. Let's just keep in the, in the second. Secondary here, I'm going to give them Grant Delpit. You know, we've seen the problems they've had in the secondary. They trade Quandre Diggs; he becomes a Pro Bowler, and they just they have that was still bizarre. And it is you trade a leader and one of your best players, and he becomes a Pro Bowler. Now, I, I mean, I like Darius Slay, but he is getting older. I like Justin Coleman just fine, but I don't know that he is the elite outside player. And then you look at the safety position: Tavon Wilson and Tracy Walker. 
I'm not really excited about either of those players. I know they drafted Will Harris in the third round last year. Uh, he hasn't broken into the starting lineup yet. So I, I look at Grant Delpit. He can be, he's going to push one of those guys to a third safety spot, but he can come play in the box. He can rush off the edge. He can do a lot of special things. The question is just, are you going to get the effort that we saw from him in 2018 or the effort that we saw in 2019? Because they are very different stories. That's the toughest part when you look at Grant Delpit. I, I think when it comes down to it, which player are you getting? Now, I hope. You know, for the sake of the Cowboys there, you get the guy that was – for the Lions there, you get the guy that was phenomenal as an underclassman, as a sophomore, even as a freshman. Yeah. That's what Mello was saying to me. He's like, go back and watch his sophomore tape, and you're going to love him again. It's great. So, yeah, but that's not his junior tape. It's very bizarre to me, especially for a team that the players around him got better. They didn't get got worse. worse. That never happens. That like, never you happens. had Stingley at corner. You had Fulton still back right. out there. You had really good players Stevens on the Stevens is good at Chase on was yep. back. He didn't play the year before. So what was it with Delpit? I, I don't know. 36, tell me if you've heard this before. Dave Gettleman takes a linebacker, and <laughs> no it's for way. the New York Giants. That's Malik Harrison out of Ohio State. I think I've even been a little quiet on Malik Harrison, but I, I think he's a really solid player. And I think the linebackers are looking for those above-average starters uh, across the defense. They need more help at corner. They need more help as pass rushers and off-ball linebackers. Yeah. And, and you've seen a little bit of a run there in the first round. You know, Obviously, Kenneth Murray's gone. Patrick Queen is gone. I like those guys a lot, and I think I like Harrison enough. So I think for this, trying to project where Dave Gettleman goes, this is probably the pick that makes the most sense. It is so Dave Gettleman to go this route. Number 37, the L.A. Chargers. We gave them Justin Herbert in the first round. Well, let's protect him. Something it felt like they never did with Phillip Rivers was prioritize the offensive tackle position in the NFL draft. We're going to give them Austin Jackson here. Everyone's going to say, oh, the Iowa game. I know, A.J. Epinesa had two sacks on him. That's why he's in the first round and Jackson's in the second. But Jackson is an athlete. The way that he moves, the replacement with his hands, the footwork is absolutely there. And and he is another young guy who I think the sky is still the limit for him. So the Chargers get their quarterback. Now they get their left tackle. Yeah, we've seen developmental tackles go in round two over and over every year. Some pan out, some don't. That's why they're going in round two. You're taking a higher risk. So you're looking back at it now. 38, the Carolina Panthers. They are back on the clock here. I'm going to go with Zach Bond from Wisconsin. This guy does a lot of different things. He can rush the passer. He can play off the ball. He obviously can cover in space. I think he moves a lot better than I originally saw. So I think for Bond, once again, if you're the Panthers, the Keekly retirement is a little bit surprising. And now you do have a hole in that front seven that you need to fix where you need to get younger at that position. And I just like all the different roles Bond has shown he can handle. I think with Bond, you have people asking, well, what's his, is he a you know master of all trades? but doesn't do like one great thing, you know? Is he Hassan Reddick over again, basically, or is he Anthony Barr? And I think that's the question. In terms of play style, I know physicality, they're a lot lot different. Number 39, the Miami Dolphins. Yes, they're up again. Uh, They have a lot of picks in this draft, guys. We've given them a quarterback, an edge, and an offensive tackle. Well, it's time to go running back. And I know a lot of Dolphins fans get mad at me when I go running back in round one. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. But the first running back comes off the board here for us, DeAndre Swift from Georgia. I know he was down this year, but when he's on, I mean, it's Christian McCaffrey, as you've said. It's Alvin Kamara, who's my comp for him. He is special as a runner and a receiver. Great dude. Really, really fun to talk to. I've, I've got the pleasure to know him over the last season. He's tough. I mean, the shoulder injury, he tried to play through that thing when he, he shouldn't have been on the field. So, DeAndre Swift to Miami. No more Ryan Fitzpatrick leading this team in rushing. No, please no. Swift is, I mean, instant fantasy superstar, I think, down there in Miami. We helped out them a little bit on the offensive line there in round one as well. So, when you're looking at this fit, it, it really does add up. And I think he's a top 15 player in this class. So, for him to go at 39... 
exceptional, exceptional if you're a Miami fan. And Dolphin Sable's right next to us. We're not catering to them because right. no one's, no one's, no one's there, there right yet. now. So I swear we're not doing that. 40, the Cardinals, skill player, skill player, skill player. I know they're tied up with the David Johnson contract. It is what it is. I know they traded for Kenyon Drake and got some production out of him. J.K. Dobbins is still on the board here, Matt. Here's your running back for the next six to eight years. When you look at what Dobbins does, he's good in pass protection. He's good as a pass catcher. He has elite vision. He can run inside, outside. If you have this guy in Cliff Kingsbury's offense with Jerry Judy out there threatening at wide receiver, not not bad, especially how good (laughs) Kyler Murray was this year. Right, and a lot of people are going to clap back and say, why not offensive line? We just don't know how they value offensive line right now. I don't like the board right now. I can right. tell you right now, we're not going to have an offensive line go for over ten more picks right now. Right, so it makes it it makes it difficult to be like, ah, oh, well, where Just take one. which offensive yeah. lineman? And I think that's the my biggest complaint with mock drafts. People are like, no, we need this. Well, there's not one. Sometimes so, you want things sorry. for Christmas that you don't get from Santa Claus. So <laughs> <Exactly>. tough shit. <laughs> right. I tell him about that. Forty-one, <laughs> the Cleveland Browns. Uh, a team that we went offensive tackle round one. Joe Schober, unless with Andrew Barry now the GM, unless there's a change here, I think Joe Schobert's gone. Me too. This linebacker core needs a lot of help, and I'm going to give them one here in Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech. He's athletic. He's versatile. I think he could play middle linebacker. He could play weak side linebacker. Just whatever your imagination is for the linebacker position, Jordan Brooks could hold it down. Another guy who a little banged up, so we didn't get to see him uh, at the Senior Bowl, but he was in Mobile. Um, got a chance to meet him at the airport. Seems like a great kid. Well, and it's great for you to, him to go down there and still meet with teams. There's a lot still of interview. There's a lot of value that I believe Brandon Jones did the same. I want yeah. to say so. Yeah. It, it's really good to see those guys make the effort and get down there. Forty-two Jacksonville Jaguars are back in the clock. They had two first-round picks, and now they're going to get some speed on the offensive side of the ball here. I, I know, obviously, giving them a speedy linebacker and helping on the offensive line was a need in the first round. This, to me, is very similar to the Hollywood Brown pick, where. K.J. Hamler, and that's who the pick is, might not have 1,200 yards next year as a rookie in that offense, but you need someone, and Thomas Dimitrov explained this to us very, keeps the defense back on their heels, yeah. threatens, opens up the run game, helps out the quarterback. I think Hamler has wheels for days yeah, right here, does. and Jacksonville needs a guy like that. 42, that's a really good value. And a, a lot of people might wonder about corner. It's kind of the same spot we're in where there's just not I don't a have corner that's here. a great value. Here. Yeah. Number 43, the Chicago Bears making their first pick. Another team, yes, would have loved to go offensive tackle here. Here, guys, I'm sorry there's not one. We're not going to have an offensive tackle come off the board until pick 58. So it'd be a pretty big reach. Another position the Bears desperately need is tight end. And Cole can Komet can block. He can run up the seam. He is a very good athlete. Cole Komet is the really the total picture what you want as a tight end. We talked to Brian Kelly about him last week, and that's what he said. You know, We believe that he's going to be the first tight end drafted. Uh, maybe if he'd gone back, that might be in the first round or a lock yeah. in the first round. But big, big fans of what Komet does. Also yeah. a great closer if the Cubs need one. I was going to say, it's not, you can always go back to baseball if right? he really wants to. I think when you look at Komet, you know, Brian Kelly made a great point is that the value of the inline tight end is, is back, and it's furious right now. You, yep. Look at the Super Bowl right now. The two starting tight ends are great blockers. Right, and they're the two best tight ends in football. Right. And so there you go. I, I've Wow, that's that's a fall for Komet. We've had him in the first round a lot. Good for the Bears right there. Somebody's got to fall. Said all the time. 44, the Colts are back on the clock here, and I think they need some size at wide receiver. Donovan Peoples-Jones, you're going to see this guy at the combine test like a first-round wide receiver. The production is not there, and if you watch Shea Patterson during Senior Bowl week, you understand Careful. why, because there was a couple of times where I almost got hit with a football from him right. the last day of practice indoors. So I, I, don't, I don't mean to pile on Shea. I know it upsets some people, especially this guy next to me has gotten the brunt of it. Man, it's I'm not doing that, but I have to explain yeah. why when I put Donovan Peoples-Jones to Colts fans at 44 and they Google him and see that he didn't even have 500 
hundred yards this year, they go, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah. That's why this player is extremely talented. He will be a better NFL player at the next level. And I think with the Colts, they got Jordan Love. Now you have Donovan Peoples Jones. You're building you something get some there. Out of Paris in Campbell, yeah, speed and yep. size. That's what you need right now. Uh, yeah, the Shea Patterson stuff. It was it. a rough weekend for me uh, with some some family members and DMs and things like that. It's part of the job. It's what comes with the platform. But you have Donovan Peoples Jones, Streak Black, Nico Collins, and Reggie Ball, and you couldn't couldn't win. And the offensive line was not terrible, right? No, it wasn't. I mean, we're going to talk. going to get drafted. We're going to talk about Ruiz. Cesar Ruiz, <laughs> right? Yeah. wasn't bad. All right, maybe it's Jim Harbaugh. I don't know. Forty five at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We gave them a quarterback in round one. You took Jacob Eason. Safety's a big need, an yeah, obvious need. I mean, one. we've talked about how much Todd wants the safety position. I'm going to give them Ashton Davis, who another guy unfortunately got hurt. We didn't get to see him in Mobile, but he has coverage skills over the top. Really good range. Great story. Former walk-on. He's a track guy who's going to run in the high 4.3s or low 4.4s. A great story and really a hell of a player. Yeah, down at the senior bowl, I got to meet with the guys at tracking football that do a lot of correlation between high school athletes going into college at the next level or even just their overall their track numbers and how it correlates. And I think for Ashton, that's going to be something really important for him is that this guy's explosive at yes. the safety position. He might have been a late bloomer. He gets to Cal. He's on the track team. He goes, I'm going to go play football. Right. Walks on, red shirts, plays special teams, plays a little corner, and then turns into a very, very high-level safety. So... Uh, I think his skill set is very, very unique. 46, the Denver Broncos. I'm going with Justin Matabuke here from Texas A&M. Yeah, you were on this guy very, very early. I've gotten to see more and more of him because he did declare early. He wasn't necessarily guaranteed to be in this draft. And I think when he declared, you know, A&M played a lot of good. A&M had the hardest schedule in college football this Without year. A doubt. I so I felt like every time yep. I turned on the TV, they were playing a top five team. So Matabuke has film against very, very good teams. And I thought he was a really good player for them this year, a player they'd probably like to have back. And I think for the Broncos, just adding such a great player for the interior of their defensive line here, is, it's an easy add. It's a really good pick. I like it a lot. Number 47, the Atlanta Falcons. We had them go with an edge rusher in the first round. Here we're going to go offense. And something that I don't know if a lot of people are paying attention to, Devonta Freeman is getting old, and that contract is interesting. There were rumors well. that he was going to be traded last summer as well. So I don't know that he is... Uh, long for that team, and they can draft basically his mirror image and Clyde Edwards-Elaire, who I think runs with a little more power. He's a bowling ball. He'll bounce off defenders. He catches the ball exceptionally well. His first step quickness is exceptional. So I know watching him throughout the season, he was another guy like, man, is he going to declare? Is he going to declare? After the performance he had through the stretch run, you know, from like week 10 on, just felt like there might not have been many running backs in college football who were better than him. No, I'm with you there completely. All right, 48, the New York Jets. Now, before they freak out, this comes with a caveat. The board's falling a little weird. You got Caleb on chasing in the first round. They're going to be aggressive for an offensive tackle. They're going to have to upgrade this unit in free agency. Matt, I just don't really have an offensive lineman here that is this plug-and-play, high-impact player where you're sitting there and going, we have to take an offensive lineman. So for the Jets, we're going to double up at edge pass rush. They're going Caleb on chase on. I'm okay with that. And Bradley and I here. <laughs> right. Boom, boom. Something you haven't had since Jonathan Jonathan Abraham. You look at this, you know, you look at this group here with Anai and Chase on. That is speed, that is power. Mm-hmm. These guys have counter moves. The Jets need to figure out the offensive line. They gotta find a way to yeah, but do there's it. There's no tackle here. There's no tackle so. here. And they need to also figure out edge pass rush because they can't get after the quarterback. If you have Chase on, Quinn and Williams, and a nigh as your front right there, 
that's a team that's going to make a lot of noise on the defensive side of the ball. It's just going to take a creative plan of how you also solve the trenches for Sam. Different regime, but we've seen them attack before with this. You know, totally. Jamal Adams, Marcus May in the same draft. Then again, with corner, just there wasn't a corner, and this was your pick, but there wasn't a corner here that I absolutely loved. There wasn't definitely wasn't a tackle here. So The only get, tackle I considered is Isaiah Wilson from Georgia. But that's, do you think Chuma Adoga is a right, not to make this a Jets podcast, but doesn't it feel like Chuma can be the right tackle of the future? They think he is, So yeah, to so put it right there. Just to him. make that clear with Jets, fans like they're looking for their left tackle of the future and the interior offensive line but they feel very good for whatever i don't they feel very good about chuma at right tackle for the future yeah well they free agency they're gonna have a lot of money to spend so they can definitely add their number well that's it we get to take a break a little break and then we'll finish this thing out with the steelers at pick 49 the Pittsburgh Steelers are on the clock. A team that did not have a first-round pick, which is is weird for Pittsburgh. Uh, the trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, they got I think a good it worked one. out. I think yeah. it worked out okay. But they're coming up on the board here, and I'll tell you, man, I uh, this might bite me in the ass. I'm not a James Conner guy. I just feel like he had that one good year. He's been banged up, and I exactly he's been yeah. banged up. And also, you start to worry about a guy who's now this is the this will be year four in his contract. So he's gonna be a free agent after this coming season. I'm gonna run it back here. Jonathan Taylor. I know he had a shitload of carries in college. It's Doesn't okay. Matter. You rent him for four years, and then if he's still good, you franchise tag him for yep. a year and then you draft someone else this is a short-term plan at running back which is i think the, the way to go now six years is the longest i'm keeping a running back on my team with franchise tags and, and creative ways to to you know keep them around but with jonathan taylor you know what you're getting a 4-4 speed power vision yes a lot of carries yes fumbles are a concern that's why he falls i, I think some people see this as a fall I, I don't personally that's why he's here at 49 jt is the perfect stealer here he, he's going to run a lot better than people expect he's probably going to be a 4-4-4-3-8-40 guy great power he can catch the ball he could do so many different things and for the steelers offense Getting that bell cow kind of back in him. I mean, at 49, you're getting Jonathan Taylor, a guy that's been a phenomenal college player on the Heisman ballot the last couple years. That's a slam dunk for me. All right, 50, the Chicago Bears. This is where we're going to go interior offensive line for them here. And this is Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. I think he he could play across the offensive line. Center, guard, a lot of different things for them. Listen, the Bears, they're aging at offensive line. They're banked up at offensive line. Quarterback is going to be a very hot topic for them, but there's no secret that they have to improve this group if they want the offense to improve as a whole. Yeah, Kyle Long's retirement or taking, taking a, a break, break getting his least. body right. Yep, yep, understand it. Number 51, the Dallas Cowboys. We went corner in round one, huge need. And again, with free agency, it's going to really shape this team. But for now, I'm going with an interior defensive lineman, Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma. Very, very good three-technique prospect. Has incredible quickness coming off the line of scrimmage. I think Dallas needs that. You obviously have Tank Lawrence, who's a good player. They've missed on Tristan Hill on the defensive yeah, it, line. It didn't look good this year. We'll Never see what became happens. the guy, and he was a coach's pick in round two. Uh, or excuse me, round two or three. It slipped my mind which one that was. Yeah, round but two. New regime coming in. They're going to do things differently. I think with Mike McCarthy, he's going to understand that you got to be able to get after the quarterback in this division, and Gallimore's going to help do that. Rams at 52, just like the Bears at 50. They need to go offensive line. I'm going with Tyler Biotish from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. another player that can play all over the offensive line for the Rams. And, and this is a team that up front, Matt, they just got punched in the mouth this year. And if you have Jared Goff as your quarterback, you just can't let that happen. You need to give him time. You need McVay's offense to be given time. They need to run the ball. They need to establish play action. It just the pass protection was not very good this year. And once again, the Rams, you have very limited draft capital. You yep. got to make it count and be oddish. With his playtime experience, he could step on the field right away next year. Yeah, no first round picks. They got to nail it right with their 
day two and three picks to have seven of them. The Eagles at 53. This is where another corner is going to come off the board. Jalen Johnson is a player that I do like. He's been banged up. I think that's the biggest question with him. How is he going to run at the combine? But just watching tape, and that is a loaded Utah defense. So you do wonder a little bit, like, how much is he protected by the great players in front of him? But I I am a Jalen Johnson fan. I wouldn't be shocked if he floats up the board after the combine. But I could also see him not running well and, and come back down a little bit for the Eagles. They have to start getting younger in the secondary and looking for some playmakers at corner. I think Johnson, he fits what they're doing there defensively. Yeah, I thought him and Bradley and I were the standout players from that Utah defense that had a lot of Senior Bowl invites, a lot of publicity, and honestly a really, really good season here. So 54, the Buffalo Bills are back on the clock, and they're getting an edge pass rush help. You mentioned it before the show. Shaq Lawson is expected to hit free agency. We'll see if they're able to retain him. I'm going to go with Terrell Lewis here from Alabama, a guy that did look very good at the Senior Bowl practices this week. Honestly, he, he really can do it all. I think for Lewis, he's somebody that we've talked about on these mock drafts a lot. He's coming on late you know, as the season goes on. He could even be a top 40 pick. This is a little bit of a fall for him. But Lewis can get after the quarterback. I think he could play the run, could do a lot of different things, and the Bills have that need in the front seven playing next to Ed Oliver next year. I think year. for Lewis, the only question is their health. It always because is. In, in two knee surgeries that we know of at Alabama, that's going to be the biggest question. Number 55, the Falcons, we've given them an edge and a running back. Well, Austin Hooper, their star tight end, and is a free agent. So I'm going to free, excuse me. So I'm going to tie it in here. Bryson Hopkins from Purdue. Talk about a good senior bowl week. This dude had a good senior bowl week showing that he can be an inline tight end, but he has quickness. He can flex out a little bit. He's a good blocker. He works very well up the seam, has a huge catch radius. If it were not for Cole Komet, he would be the, the runaway tight end one for me in this class. I've loved him all year long. So Hopkins to the Falcons here to start over that tight end position. Yeah, Komet kind of crashed Hopkins' party as tight end one. It's, it's tough for him. 56, the Miami Dolphins. I mean, we've given them so many different players. We've solved the edge of A.J. Epinesa to a tongue of Iloa at quarterback. Uh, I believe DeAndre Swift at running back. So I'm going to look at corner, which is also a little bit of a need for them there. And I'm going to give this name a shot here. Auburn's Noah Igbenogany. You nailed it. And, and listen, I saw you tweeting about this guy the other day. I know he's a really good athlete. He probably is going to play the slot a lot at the next level. Yep. Uh, he's somebody that played very, very well this year for an Auburn defense. We talk about Derek Brown, Marlon Davidson, yep. Nick Coe, all those good players up front. Well, this was the guy at corner, and for the Miami Dolphins, I know they have Xavier Howard there, but they're not done yet on the secondary. Yeah, he's battle-tested coming out of the SEC. Yep. The, the knock on him is going to be ball skills. He didn't have an interception this past year. But, but he did play a lot. He did knock a lot of passes exactly. down. He had 18 passes PBUs, defended. I'm fine with that. Right. Absolutely fine with that. 57, the Houston Texans, their first pick after trading for Laramie Tunsil. Again, this could go a million ways, but I went edge rusher here. Julian Okwara, who might have been a first-round guy, were not for a late injury. Okor is just a producer. He like like Brian Kelly said, he can dip, he can bend, he Great has traits. that speed. Great traits. Not always a well-rounded player. I think he's going to have to get stronger. He's going to have to get a little bit smarter. But he can beat you with his speed off the edge. They've locked up Whitney Merciless. They obviously have uh, Charles Aminahue, who's up and coming. You have J.J. Watt. This could put this defense back to what it was when they had Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, that front seven, I mean... They make noise. They really do. And I do like that you brought up just the extensions and Watt being healthy. And then also they capitalized off of the uh, Seattle trade with Jacob Martin. Jacob Martin had a couple nice pass rush reps this year. Much better than we expected. uh, Yeah, we were like, who? When he got traded? So 58, the Minnesota Vikings are back on the clock here. And this is where we're going to go back to offensive line here. Isaiah Wilson from Georgia, offensive tackle. 
the Vikings, they they load up on it feels like they take an offensive lineman each year. Garrett Bradbury we saw had a really nice postseason. I think yeah. he struggled early on, but he's gonna be their center of the future. So for the Vikings, Dalvin Cook, a marvelous year. Gary Kubak is stepping into the full time offensive coordinator role, which is phenomenal for them, and he'll be looking for some dogs up front, literally from Georgia. Dogs, dogs up front. I like it. Isaiah Wilson. Yeah, I, I like Isaiah Wilson. A uh, little bit of a surprise that he came out early. Uh, Georgia losing three offensive tackles, two to the draft, yeah. one to the transfer portal. So big changes for the dogs coming there. Number 59, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, gave him a D lineman in Marlon Davidson, a player we both love. Staying in the SEC here. They need to get size at corner, which is what they love. We're going Trevon Diggs from Alabama here. I could see Seattle going a lot of directions, whether that's offensive line, another wide receiver. But with Diggs on the board, it's just too sweet to pass up on. A guy who's 6'2", 200 pounds, and can break your collarbone when he presses you at the line of scrimmage, who's still getting better. Melo talks about it all the time. You know, He was a receiver it's not a that point. long ago. He's still getting better at corner. And if there's anything we've learned from John Schneider drafts, and they still have guys like Scott Fitterer there, Trent Kirchner is, right. this is kind of the position, this and edge, they load up on time and time again. They'll use valuable draft assets to stack the deck at that position. 60, the Baltimore Ravens. I still think they need one more wide receiver here. I'm going with Michael Pittman from USC. Had a really nice week down in Mobile. Had a phenomenal senior season. Uh, I think when you go back and look what he did against Utah, he showed that he can win down the field. The Ravens look for speed, but this guy's also a big-bodied player that can help in their run-heavy blocking offense. And he's an interesting player because I think there are going to be a lot of questions about how fast is he. And throughout the senior week, I'll be honest, there were times where I, I didn't love his route running, but yeah. then you would watch him, him catch the ball. and be like, okay, well, I like that about you a lot. And so I think that there are some areas where he can definitely improve, but he's coming in here ready to rock and roll and gives them something they don't have in that physical wide receiver. Number 61, the Tennessee Titans went D-line around one with Ross Blacklock. Jack Conklin, they bet on Jack Conklin being a free agent. They did not pick up the fifth-year tender. Well, now he's about to get paid. He's probably one of the five or six best free agents on the market. They cannot pay everyone. So there's a good chance that they have to let him go. Matt Pert from UConn, I think, could be a very, very solid right tackle, especially if they keep up this run-first offensive strategy that we've seen them deploy the last, really, one-and-a-half seasons with a lot of success. So Matt Pert, a name we've not talked about a lot on this podcast, but no, a we have not. good, powerful offensive tackle who fits well in the run game. 62, the Green Bay Packers. We got them LaVisca Chenault in the first round, helped by wide receiver Devonte Adams yep. I think the Jimmy Graham days are coming to an end we're going to go so. with Hunter Bryant here who's really a big wide receiver for Washington yep. but if you're looking for a seam weapon a guy that's a really good athlete he'll test very well he could do a lot after the catch this is the Packers just hey Aaron Rodgers is getting older let's load this up with weapons we know we have Devonte Adams yep. and Aaron Jones those guys are great but he still needs more someone to stretch the field yes. keep safeties out of the box yeah and get across the first down marker right? not behind it God, someone who could catch the ball in the middle of the field would be great number 63 the Kansas City Chiefs again not a prediction just based on win loss records they we went corner early this is a team they have a lot of needs and not many draft picks they only have five draft picks so i do expect them to trade back from 31 get or 32 overall yeah. to get more here they have to go interior offensive line that has been a big weakness for them. Uh, Laverne uh, Duvernay Tardif, there we go, is a free agent this year. They do not expect him to be back just because of salary cap limitations. So getting an interior offensive lineman will be huge. Matt Hennessy from Temple can play center, can play guard. I think he's perfect for that inside zone rush scheme. He's quick, he's nasty, and most importantly for Andy Reid, he is smart. You have to be smart to come yeah. and play as a rookie for Andy. Yeah, I like that pick a lot for the Chiefs. 64 to round out this two-round mock draft. Seattle is back on the clock. 
And we're going to go offensive line here with Lucas Niang from TCU. This is a little bit of a developmental tackle. I think Seattle is a team that has no problem betting on athletes time and time again. And I think with Niang, I don't think he's ready to be on the field next year right away. I, I think there's some pass protection yeah. questions. And with these TCU guys, it feels like they play a little lighter than most offensive linemen at times. But for Seattle, you need to start buying stocks on offensive linemen. You yep. can't go into each year and say, well, this is what we got, Russ, and, and run for your life. You really need to start thinking about the latter half of Russ's career. Yeah. You know, we've seen quarterbacks. Up. We've seen a team like, you know, Matt Stafford has dealt with injuries. Yep. A lot of guys have dealt with injuries. you got to keep Russ healthy, keep him upright, and that's the explanation for Niang here. Yeah, a guy who didn't give up a sack in three years as a starter. Which is so. very impressive. And it is the Big 12, so I'll add that in, but yeah. still a good player. All right, that is our show for today. Tomorrow we'll be back recording another one. So you'll get a show uh, Tuesday afternoon slash Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning, and then Monday morning. That's believe, right. Is that the plan? Yeah, you had it right. I, I think that's the plan. And if you plan. don't, just keep hitting that download, subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. It doesn't you know, matter. If you subscribe to Stick to Football, you don't have to worry about this. Exactly. And subscribe to the Bleacher Report YouTube channel so every time we upload a new episode, you get to watch it, it not do your work. You get distracted with the bosses. Yeah. <laughs> Please just push play on all those episodes once they download. And yeah, and we can keep you company at work. That is our show. Connor's Matt. We'll talk to you all tomorrow.